0: Chris. Hello, Matt, and welcome to Decoding Academia. It's been a while. It's it, been a little while, hasn't it it?
1: it? it has been a little while. I'm very, very sorry. I'm partly to blame. I have a very important science business to be doing, and, uh, but the good news is I've mainly finished it all, and I get to have a bit of a rest, so am looking forward to doing more decoding academias more quickly over the coming
0: months. Uh, Yes, we are we are sorry for various delays on the main podcast and the bonus content and whatnot. We're just going through a little bit of a busy period with academic malarkey and Matt has been more productive than me, but I think not that's not a good sign. I still have a large amount of work I need to get done as well. So anyway, we are here today to talk about a paper by Victoria Horner and Andrew Witten from 2005, Matt, and it's from uh, Animal Cognition. It's a comparative Mm -hmm. psychology study comparing chimpanzees and homo sapiens, humans. That's us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we aren't children Mm. anymore, but, uh, you know, similar.
0: Similar. The juveniles of our species, the younglings. Yes, I'm familiar with them.
1: Yeah, the younglings. Yeah. I I have been familiar with them. Yeah. So I, before we get into it, Chris has this was suggested by you, and a very good suggestion, may I say? Well done. Ah, uh, good mm-hmm. job. Has there been lots of like papers like following up on this, or, or and what's the word, replicating it, that kind of thing? Since, just out of curiosity.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. has. It's a. It is a very I think even still now, a fairly active area of research, although the, I think it's been a while since they've done that many more with the puzzle box, but the the observation, I believe, has been replicated and yes. is robust, especially, especially with human subjects where it's obviously easier to do these kind of experiments. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Good, 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 good. Well, so, yeah, should we just, we'll just talk maybe, through
0: it? Yeah so the topic is as the title suggests causal knowledge and imitation emulation switching in chimpanzees and, and and children and the reason i wanted to look at this apart from it being a neat experimental study and and a good example of why comparative studies are useful right comparing animal and human behavior is is also because i think that this is another paper which shows how you know a broadly evolutionary approach to examining topics can be productive and can tell us interesting things. So comparing how our closest animal relatives, the chimpanzees, doing tasks and how they differ from us, um, can help us identify something interesting about people. And I actually think the result, Matt, is relevant to the topic that we cover on the show, as we'll we'll get to. But so, you know, people sometimes ask us for examples of good evolutionary psychology or like evolutionary applications to human behavior. I think this is a good example of yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's kind of
1: wrong to think of evolutionary psychology as its own like specific little thing that's separate from everything else like i think of it more as that the the biological substrate is is intertwined with pretty much everything you study in psychology i mean like look at this this is this is the textbook from the unit that i'm teaching at the moment it's basically neuro- the student's
0: guide to cognitive neuroscience.
1: Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's all, it's all neurology, right? Neuro. Matt
0: is holding up a picture of a brain. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the o- audio <laughs> description was, people, Ma. <laughs>
1: Good man. You're, you're a real pro. Yeah. So it was a picture showing all the little squishy bits of the brain, the neuroanatomy. And, you know, we, we look at the, 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 the functionality of it and, you know, it just can't be, can't be overstated that we share almost all of those squishy little bits with pan troglodytes the chimpanzees in question here you know there are important differences but there's an awful lot in common as well and it is not like an abstract computing spiritual device it's it's very much grounded in squishy yucky biology and uh, yeah so i'm all for it understanding that so yeah i just noticed by the way chimpanzees pan pan troglodytes that's that's the scientific name i didn't know that that seems like a you know Troglodytes, troglodytes. That's yeah, a bit tricky. Troglodytes. Bit yeah. yeah,
0: I know, poor guys. But you know, that's that's science. <laughs> it's, it was probably decided in the Victorian era or something. But in in any case, Matt, what this is is an experimental study. I'll I'll mention the broad methodological design because no. I think it's interesting. have no.
1: I, no, I, I think we should, can we talk through the introduction first? Because I want to just give people the rundown on the concepts,
0: please. <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> well, okay. In that, in that case, I think the, the crucial thing that it's identifying for me in the introduction is the distinction between emulation and imitation, which are probably distinctions that most people don't think of. And this is a good illustration of why you need technical language to highlight um, specific differences in behaviors. And the technical difference that they want to argue for here is that emulation involves copying the behavior that you observe in order to reach a, a goal. But but essentially, like being willing to drop parts if you can do it more efficiently or if you can work out. So you're, you're like looking at, you're watching another person or another conspecific of your species do a behavior and you're working out the, the how to achieve a goal or what causal patterns are involved but you don't necessarily need to imitate exactly what they do to achieve it whereas imitation is much more copying exactly what you observe uh, including actions which you might consider inefficient or uh, causally irrelevant so Im- imitation is more the uh, the funny thing is that the free is like monkey see monkey do right it creates the uh, image of like just pure imitation you know you don't understand what you're doing so you just copy exactly but that's what they mean more here by imitation yeah Emulation doesn't require exact copy.
1: yeah, so the the key thing about emulation is that it's about focusing on the affordances of the tools there, the the ways in which you can use them, and you know the the causal mechanisms by which you achieve your goal. So those so it's the underlying functionality that gets copied as opposed to the the rote thing. So if I picked up a pair of tongs and picked up a, a squeegee and then used that to to wipe down my desk, right? and then I said, okay, yeah, you go ahead, clean the desk. The little kid watching it, um, or the chimpanzee could could could, if they wanted to cut straight, cut straight to the chase, could just pick up the squeegee and wipe down the de- desk and skip out the, the the bit of the tong using the tongs, which isn't which isn't helping achieve the goal.
0: And there's a nice example from another experiment I know where there's an experimenter who has his arms encumbered. Right, he's holding a bunch of heavy books, and he uses his head to push a button on the table, right? Because his arms are in use. And the question then is, you know, if you were emulating the behavior and you give someone to push the button and your arms are not encumbered, you should just push the button, right, Mm. with your hand. Imitation would be that you pick up the heavy books as well or, you you know, you use your head, Mm. right? Like, uh, so that kind of thing.
1: The, The other thing that's worth mentioning is that the broader context here is social learning, right? so yeah yeah which we just should mention which is that whether you're a human or a chimpanzee observing another member another conspecific doing something is an opportunity for you to learn adaptive behavior how to interact with the world in order to get what you want so you know humans do that chimpanzees
0: do it and various other social animals do it yeah and and but they and also worth noting that conspecific is the technical word used when people are talking about like members of the same species right just cuz comparative studies include people that or include not people they include animals oh that yeah. are not not oh, yeah. people so that's, that's true. why we and, use the word conspecific
1: the, and i probably shouldn't use it cuz in this experiment they they got a person to demonstrate things to a monkey so
0: right but you're correct that chimpanzees do learn from specifics, uh like although they learn from other chimpanzees socially so social learning is a, a a topic of great interest within like uh evolutionary biology and ecological kind mm. of studies
1: yeah so the really interesting thing there when it comes to imitation uh versus emulation as these you know different types of social learning i guess the intuitive evaluation of it is that emulation is Reflects a kind of deeper learning, right? So you're not just slavishly copying the form by rote, but rather you are understanding the underlying intention
0: or or first objectives. principles. Ma- first
1: principles. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Brett Weinstein is a, a a creature of emulation. He he builds from first principles. So yeah, oh, uh, uh, well, but. M- Yeah, maybe that's that's actually confusing because he doesn't even want the social, but the you know the yeah, like I said, that expression "monkey see, monkey do" is implying that that monkeys will more use imitation than emulation. They they will just copy things. That's right. They don't
1: they don't understand the deep, you know, principles uh, at play. They don't understand causality and so on, they just, uh, imitate. Yeah, they, ape, a funny, they uh, ape each other's behavior. Chris, they ape each other's I know. behavior. This is,
0: this is an example where language reflects a lot about our, uh, you know, judgments, um, around other primates. And in in any case, a good example is, you know, young children, like with a toy who will mimic the movements of adults. Like, you know, if yeah. you're cutting the grass or something and they walk with a toy. A uh, grass cutter um you know imitating what you're doing but not producing the result right This would be a a funny example that you can see images of um so so that's it. It is an important distinction that emulation seems to be the more uh sophisticated reasoning process, and imitation require seems to require less processing power because you're just copying exactly what is done so and
1: more discussion of that. Uh, later but uh, (laughs) so yeah chris you you can um we'll we'll now go to study one go to study one which is what you wanted to do before
0: it is so i don't i'm not going to go through in in like terrible detail because there's there's actually quite a lot they do in order to you know randomize certain elements of the experiment counterbalance presentations and stuff like that but i think that's probably too technical um for us to get into but the 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 basic thing that they do in the experiment is they present in experiment 1 this is specifically with chimpanzees and they present sample of chimpanzees with this so-called puzzle boxes and the puzzle boxes are of two varieties one is opaque you cannot see the mechanisms inside and the other is clear and see through and the boxes have these design where they have an a kind of upper section and a bottom section. And that there, there's an entrance on the top and the an entrance on the bottom. So you can kind of push things across, a bolt on the top, and and then if you so wanted, poke a tool into the space at the top. Um, and you can do so at the bottom where there's a little front door that you can prise open or slide open. Um, and the reward the for the chimpanzees there's a food reward which is in the uh the bottom compartment right so the the part that is kind of relevant about this causal inference um issue is that in the n- n- opaque box you cannot see what you're doing inside the box so you if you poke things into the top, you can't tell exactly what it's doing to any mechanisms um, and vice versa for the bottom. On the seafood box, you can see that the top compartment is not mechanically connected to the bottom compartment. So you can poke something in, but it has no, it doesn't cause anything in the bottom compartment. So the food reward is in the bottom compartment. And if you want to get the food reward, you don't need to do anything with the top Compartment, right? And you can see that with the clear box. You cannot see that in the opaque box.
1: Yes, that's that's clear. You made that
0: okay. Let's do it. So there, I made it clear like the box. So yeah. they then have an experimenter, not a chimpanzee, as Matt mentioned, uh, demonstrate how to open this box and and extract the food reward, and they do so actions uh, that are focused on the top part of the box, like tapping the bolt and then sliding it and poking the tool inside. And then they have actions which are actually relevant to extracting the food reward, which is focused on the bottom half of the box, right? So the experimenter demonstrates a bunch of irrelevant actions um, and then a bunch of relevant actions to extract the food. And the question is when the chimpanzees are presented with these two types of boxes what do they do to extract the food if mm. they're imitating they should be copying all of the actions including the ones at the top of the box and if they are emulating then they will ignore the top of the box and focus on the actions at the bottom at least yep. in the seafood condition
1: and that's right in the see-through condition in the <laughs> opaque condition You'd, you'd probably expect them to um, do all of the actions, the irrelevant and the relevant ones, because there's no way to know which, which are the ones that actually got you the reward. Yeah,
0: maybe there's a button you're pushing in the top box or some mechanism that you're activating, right? You can't tell, so that's, yeah. that's uh, why. And, and they did do it. Uh, they had the um, the chimpanzee's healer encountered these boxes in the order of opaque first and then clear or clear first and then opaque. Right. So they they had that control in there.
1: I question, Chris, what's the difference between groups A and B and groups C and D? So there's counterbalancing with the order of opaque and clear. I just, I read this before and I, I got bored trying to figure out that and I just moved on. What was the
0: I would have to go back and uh, see, but it's if you look at like table one, it it says experimental design for groups A to D. Um, A and B worked with the opaque box first, and then yep. the clear box. C oh, there's and D different. There's
1: different order. shaded arrows there. What's that shaded arrow? It must be something to do with the
0: methods. It was the uh, method, method one. that method was used. One. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's like a slight variation on the way that the, because there were different mechanisms that can open the door, right? It can be slided or it, it can be like hooked That's open. That's right. That's so right. Cool, 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 They were cool, al- cool. also interested in like whether they use the method that they were taught or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, so this was another thing. But I wasn't even going to mention that, Matt, and you forced me to now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so
1: You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, good. Good. Okay, that makes sense. So what did they find in the first experiment?
0: Well, so this it's it's an it's an interesting result and I'll uh for the viewers that have the luxury of um the video, I'll just display it so they can see what we're talking about, right? But the um the thing that they found was that the uh the chimpanzees who encountered the opaque box they did about uh 60 percent of the uh irrelevant actions on the top they they copied them right and when they then were presented next with the clear box this dropped to like around 20 percent. right there's error bars but this is this is rough speaking about the averages um In the opposite condition, when they first encountered the clear box, they basically didn't copy any of the irrelevant um, actions. It's near at the floor level. And then when they were presented with the opaque box, they continued to mostly ignore the relevant actions. They only copied about 10% or, or so of the actions, right? So, but, but this result is, is quite clear that they are taking account like so when they can see the mechanism they are not copying most of the irrelevant actions so it suggests emulation is at play right and not Mm. slavish imitation
1: yeah that's right that's right
0: yeah um and so
1: the um chris chris just before we move on scroll up and just show the people um, the pictures of the monkey. There, yeah, there we are. So there he, there is. he is. There's a the little guy. There he is with the opaque box. He seems to be looking like he's going to have a go at the top there, in slide A. Um, mm-hmm. Must be one of the monkeys that uh, were atypical, or maybe in the other condition. And then the second one, yeah, he's going, going in the in the the lower part of the box uh, at the front. He, Clever guy. Yeah,
0: and I'll also note that it, this is a study with a sample of only. Um, Twelve chimpanzees, yeah, uh, young oh, chimpanzees. Oh. I thought it said thirty-four. Oh, did it? No. Uh, at the time of the
1: study. I... Oh, sorry. No, sorry, I misread that. It's a, that's the total population of the chimpanzees that were at the shelter. And by the way, this was not one of those terrible studies with chimpanzees kept in cages and treated very badly. These are these are rescue chimpanzees at a chimpanzee sanctuary in Uganda, and um, there's quite a lot of descriptions of the. Of the life they live, and it sounds pretty good actually. I'd I quite like to. The live there.
0: reason for that, Matt, is also important because there is some criticism that studies done with captive chimpanzees that they are like acculturated to humans, and so they're not good models for wild chimpanzees. But they want to make the point that these chimpanzees have the uh, have time yeah. like foraging in actual uh, like the normal ecological environments. They are not like kept in the zoo enclosure, right? That's right. And their
1: enclosures their enclosure is pretty natural and they they get some time to go in the in the forest actually and have some have some roaming around. So yeah, it it's it's technically in captivity, but it's um it's not a they, they don't live in a an artificial environment.
0: Yeah. So the the interesting thing then uh next from this, so that that's like an you know, the result is pretty clear and they because they the sample is small, but because they get them to repeat so many trials, they can increase the, you know, the power of the study, right? Like the, by getting them to, to take part in, in additional trials. So that's one way you can partly address issues of like low power from sample sizes, um, but they then move. And this is a, an interesting uh, part of this paper to me that they have an experiment two and experiment three where they take the same chimpanzees and they basically conduct experiments to look, um, at their abilities of kind of causal reasoning. Um, and I, I find this interesting cause it was kind of a re- robustness check to make sure that the chimpanzees have the ability to reason in the way that would make the experiment understandable, right?
1: yeah so just maybe you can clarify this so if they say there that experiment one um they uh, there was a big reduction in the reproduction of irrelevant actions in the clear condition yeah um and so clearly the chimpanzees well not clearly it's probable that the chimpanzees recognized that 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 the tool couldn't make physical contact with the reward doing those irrelevant things um but they say that it it doesn't really totally prove that such an appreciation existed, and so what's the alternative explanation? So they, they could have just associate like why, why 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 doesn't it prove that?
0: I don't remember what the alternative possibility was, but they uh, they clearly wanted to exclude that criticism, so they mm-hmm. um, they then presented the chimpanzees with a a bunch of scenarios where they had two rakes and they could pull the reward but uh, they could choose which rake to pull and then they could pull the rake and only one of the rakes was kind of capable of pulling the reward so if they selected the wrong rake they would like be able to pull it in the same way but they wouldn't be able to make it like pull in the reward towards them so this was to show that if they do are able to reason about tool use and producing the relevant actions, they should uh, prefer the RIC that will get them the positive result. Right, and yeah, uh, they did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of about the physical connection of the objects. It's just kind of like it's kind of a small point in in a way, but it's 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 a nice little thing there too. To 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 show that that it was this this causal reasoning that was leading the 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 chimpanzees to um, cut to the chase and just work with the lower part of the of the of the clear box because they understand about the principle of tools need to be in contact with the object in order to have an effect on it because that was the yeah
0: okay. yeah and then experiment three the same chimpanzees they. They had a similar thing with the rake, and now the the reward was kind of enclosed in a box, and they were looking at whether they had the ability to um, identify the that that like a a barrier, right, would be able to a see-through barrier would be able to prevent them from accessing the reward. Yeah so they you need to be able to like insert the tool to extract the reward right so they have the option to pull these two boxes toward them but only one of them would allow them to extract the reward with the tool and this was indicating that they could kind of understand the connection um between using a tool to get a reward and but you know how barriers function it seems Really obvious that you know they. <laughs> I keep thinking. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, it's, but that's. The, the, the,
1: mm, sorry. I
0: think that's the point. Is like they went to the the baller of you know testing this right, like trying to look at whether the chimpanzees actually have the abilities to causally reason in the way that like the experiment suggests that they can. And it's nice. Mm. It's like a nice robust way um to yeah, to to show that they can reason about, you know, like the basic causal principles involved. Hmm.
1: I only have one criticism of this paper so far, and that's and that's just in the results section of experiment three. They say Spearman's row equals negative one point three six. And Rho is like a correlation coefficient, and it has to be between minus one and one. Maybe oh. it must be a typo.
0: You've got worries, Matt. Get concerned. Mm. Mm. But that's a that mean, Chris. It's them reporting a non-correlation. So yeah, it's. And then above that, they say Spearman's P capital P equals zero point oh eight. Well, Matt, what does that mean? Are, yeah, that's that is just a typo. Obviously, that's a, a typo. Just but saying, at, just it's saying. not perfect. Sloppy, Sloppy Chris. Well, these Sloppy. are the kind of indications that Alexandros Marinos would say. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, what the hell is going on here? You know, there's obvious. This is fraud. And what the thing is, you should be when you notice things like this in the paper it should give you pause and you should realize, you know, that people can make mistakes. Figures can be reported incorrectly and especially older papers, the statistics have to be, you know, examined with more skepticism um, because there was more, I think, a a greater willingness to play around um, than now. Like, at least people are are more aware of the dangers of doing so now. So,
1: Um, yeah, yeah. no, no, that's, that's just a formatting thing with the P and the row. And the. I know that I'm sure that that, I'm I'm sure that one, I'm I'm sure it's negative. I'm sure it's negative 0.36 is what they meant. Not 1.36. And, you know, we have to remember they're not statisticians, they're just primatologists, so we can't expect too much. How
0: dare you, (laughs) man. How dare you. Um, so yeah, the. Anyway, the result shows that the chimps—you know—they're comparing this to chance, right? Because they have a fifty percent chance of getting the correct answer, and they show that you know they—the uh, median response was seventy-five times correct uh, out of mm-hmm. the options. Yeah. So, so it's it's above chance. And anyway, with these two experiments, they've indicated that their interpretation is better supported for what the chimpanzees are up yep. to. Um, and yep. but yep. the. So, it's good.
1: So, 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 where we are now is, is we've figured out that the chimpanzees are doing uh, emulation primarily rather than imitation. Mm-hmm. And, and also they're doing it clearly because they understand the physical causal mechanism at play. That's what they've established.
0: Yes. So, uh, now we, they come to experiment four, which is a comparative study with a child sample. So they get sixteen children again, like quite a small study uh, sample size. But in any case, similar, you know, uh, it doesn't mean the results are going to be non-informative. But they uh, mm-hmm. they run an experiment which is designed to replicate what they did with the chimpanzees with children. They change the reward because children are more motivated by Velcro cartoon stickers apparently than chimpanzee food. Um, so the uh, but they do the same thing, and they they go to, you know, they demonstrate to the children how to open the box and then they look at what the children do. And for those that are watching along at home, you can see that the graphs look very different. um what we see with the kids is that in both, the opaque and clear conditions, they you might expect, right, children being potentially smarter than chimpanzees, humans in general, having a higher level of intelligence than chimps, that, you know, children will work out the underlying principles and they will, um, you know, have less of this copying uh, irrelevant actions. But no, Matt. Instead, we find in all what? conditions, opaque and clear, you get a large amount uh, of replication of irrelevant uh, actions. So you get mm, 70 in the opaque condition, more in the clear condition. And uh, unlike the chimpanzees who transferred the knowledge where they encountered the clear box and they were like, oh, we don't need to do all that stupid stuff you're doing at the top. So we're not going to do now on this opaque box either. The human children encounter the clear box, they copy most of the irrelevant actions, and then they get the opaque box and they continue to copy the irrelevant actions. So it is the human children who are more monkey-see-monkey-do imitator types than the chimpanzees who are not monkeys, but, you know, in popular imagination are often referred to as monkeys.
1: Another harmful stereotype crushed yeah. Thank you, science.
0: Yeah, no. You can just tell people monkeys have tails, Hips don't. There we go. Simple. <laughs> yeah. Simple. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And um, they they followed the same process really. Like the the children, they they did shout out. Um, so when the demonstrator got the reward, they they went, "I've got it." That's and that's. But that's the only thing they said. Um, and the the kids and the the chimpanzees were sort of sitting in the same spot, looking at the thing from the same angle. So it all seems nicely controlled. So it seems like a good, solid result. And on the topic of sample size, yeah, um, one thing that's it's always worth emphasizing is that what's what's too big, what's too small, a sample size really depends hugely on on the situation. And um, like in simple terms, it, it just it needs to be big enough to detect the 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 effect that you're interested in finding and you that that effect is defined relative to the amount of other random stuff that's going on so in a highly controlled experiment you need a smaller sample size and if you're looking for something that's extremely species typical um then there's going to be less individual variation as well so um and there's it's a, not necessarily um a problem it it is it, it might indicate that you you feel more comfortable um if uh, if it got replicated, that's all.
0: Yes, and true. And I want to mention that, like one element of the study was looking at the the kind of the groups being taught this different uh, methods, right, for opening the the door and um, to to retrieve the reward. And when the chimpanzees did it, yeah, uh, you see this uh, the difference between the groups because you can open the door in two different ways, but they modeled only one type. Of door opening for each group, and you you see that in the chimpanzee groups, it's a, like they are copying the the model that's demonstrated. But there's there's a, a kind of uh, v- variation in the second group, right? Where some of them are using method that they didn't see, around forty percent or thirty percent, um, depending on mm-hmm. the the. Obey, opaque or clear so but but that's showing you know that they are copying what they've been shown uh more than you know just randomly selecting between the two methods, but when you get to the human children, the interesting thing is that you just see complete adherence right if they are shown one method, that is what they use uh the push bolt, whereas in. The other, the other method, they, it's at zero, right? So that's, that's mm. interesting so, to me. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah it is. So on one hand, you've got the children are much stronger imitators as, as opposed to emulators. But at the same time, they're, they're much more reliable imitators. So, or whether, whether it's imitation or emulation, they rely, much more reliably do um, the same approach that the demonstrator did.
0: Yeah. So the, the I I really liked this experiment and it does go on to be replicated Matt, and it also goes on to be replicated with adults who imitate irrelevant actions as well so um with a similar level of fidelity as children. Um and mm. it, this is an interesting notion because it suggests you know that counter to the stereotype that the ability to override causal inferences and to like take social cues that you should simply, you know, that you should imitate what you are shown with high fidelity is perhaps something specific, uh, specifically human ability that we are very good at and which is early, mm. early developing. And that could, yep. and on the one hand, it can seem like a potential limitation, right? Because you, people are not automatically trying to work out the underlying mechanisms but it it doesn't necessarily mean that it just means that uh they might still be working out the mechanisms but be thinking that it's important but imitating
1: anyway yeah what they're shown. yeah yeah and you know yeah and they talk about this in discussions like it's super interesting so on one hand like we we know that it's not like a a deficit in human children to not understand causality, mm. I think. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's not that, right? Um, but it's what you're saying is what it is rather that, that 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 understanding is sort of overridden by a proclivity towards, um, you know, specific emu- um, imitation, even if you don't understand the purpose of the steps. And you can see good adaptive reasons for both... Um, emulation and imitation right so on on one hand emulation is good because you can generalize more if, if you understand the um, the the actual causal system that is at play then when pre- when presented with a slightly different situation or whatever you can you can modify what you do to suit the different situation-hmm um, on the other hand imitation there is advantages to that as well because let's face it these are just little kids they may not understand the reasons why you shouldn't put your hand on the hot plate or understand a whole bunch of different things but presumably the person who's older than you that the the people in 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 your group your, that that you're um, copying are doing it for a good reason and so they there they can be a, a real advantage to Um, imitation, which is, yeah, like learning stuff that you don't necessarily understand the reasons for. Those reasons might become clear to you later or not.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting thing to think about because, in you know, this links to my area of research because rituals in many respects are causally opaque. People don't understand, you know, how rituals are supposed to work, of course, like religious rituals, but even basic things like, what is the causal principle for why a bow or a handshake is the thing of greeting right it it isn't it's a convention um and uh ritualized behaviors and and ritual activity um can seem you know when people try to analyze it from the the perspective of working out uh you know logical connections it can be it can fall apart. It can rely on magical causality and, and these kind of um, incorrect inferences. But the ability to accurately imitate and to pick up cultural conventions and to perform rituals correctly is a very clear social signal. And it's part of how people assess people that they meet, right? If they have cultural fluency um, and and so as a social species the ability to imitate and the desire to recognize ritualistic or conventional actions and to re- reproduce them. You know, it seems to be a very important part of all human societies and we differentiate societies by the kinds of rituals and conventions that we um, use. So I, I think it's really interesting and, you know, the, the tenuous link I want to make to the gurus is that if you are able to make something seem esoteric and like that it it looks from the outside as if it's doing you know something complex um if you're able to adopt a a form i think it can be difficult for people to discern you know the the they just uh Im, they're not looking at all these underlying principles. They're just pattern matching and looking for conventions, right? And so this is why if you can imitate the kind of trappings of scientific procedures and you can look that you have a lot of complex, you know, scientific knowledge, that people get the signal that you, you know, that you are somebody worthy of attention and that they should pay heed to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when I got to the end of this paper, I uh, I knew why you liked it, <laughs> because of the connection uh, to to ritual. And um, look, this is certainly look. I mean, if we find a difference between between humans and chimpanzees, then it's it's indicated that it's something um, that are especially in young children. Then which who uh, then it's an indication that it's likely something that arose recently in our evolutionary past, within right? like 6 million and years uh, well,
0: it, so it's yeah, it, recent in yeah, 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 evolutionary yeah, that, terms that, that
1: <laughs> recent in evolutionary terms that's right but what, one of the other things that of course has happened even more even more recently than than that is this massive explosion in human culture right so lots of an, lots of animals have culture Right, But human culture is special but just because there's so goddamn much of it. Right? It's had this massive snowballing effect over the last however many hundreds or thousands or years. So this actually provides a pretty neat clue as to the evolved or biological substrate to that capacity to, to generate and perpetuate culture. So if if you if you have this sort of proclivity towards towards imitation like hyper imitation it, any kind of the, the, the there may well be downsides to that and we could talk about ritual as one of them but just what, one of the other downsides is just doing stuff that is no that, that in in general serves no purpose right you 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 keep doing it your 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 offspring and everyone else is copying. We're all social creatures, and we keep doing a whole bunch of things that may not um, serve any functional purpose. But that so that that that's like sort of the cost of it. But the benefit of it is that it 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 just en- enhances the the replication of culture, such that anything that is learned and is useful by by anyone in in the group gets perpetuated and isn't lost when they die. And obviously, the ability, the, the acquisition of language and then ultimately writing and stuff like that played a massive role in this as well. So, for me, it gives a, a way to understand or explain why there is so much ritual in human cultures, mm. why religion and ritual and spirituality um, of various kinds in a ritualized sense is like just so universal. And it, it it's because of exactly that this this hyperimitation, which can which can lead to the feeling that you just have to do these things. It's very important to do these things. We can't really explain why. We just kind of know what it is, and then we might invent some post hoc rationalizations to explain it later on. It it also gels with what we see in the in the behavioral research, by the way. So this is just a, a bit of a. tenuous link as well, Chris, but what do you think about this? Like we know with experiments in those Skinner boxes, when, when, when you put a pigeon, uh, into a box, it's getting those, those random rewards and so on. These, these pigeons generate these, these random sort of pigeon rituals, these sorts of behaviors that, that have no real causal and functional, functional relationship to the rewards coming, but they just kind of develop them. So humans tend to develop random magical sort of beliefs about things that will things that will be good you know like little people who avoid stepping on cracks in the sidewalk or or you know a lot of compulsive disorders and stuff have have the same issue so yeah i, I just think it fits in terms of that um you know we with hyper acquisitive learners such that sometimes we 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 learn stuff that actually doesn't always have a, a useful causal functional role. And then with hyperacquisitive social learners, which means that these kind of functionless behaviors, as long as they don't incur too great a cost in some in some way, shape or form, can easily get perpetuated uh, and spread and maintained through societies and cultures.
0: Mm. So, yeah, I also think that this this topic Uh, so it went on to spawn this research area called over imitation, right? That's, this is what the phenomenon came to be known. And, Hmm. uh, there's now been like a decade of research on it. Right. And like, what, what triggers it when, you know, the role that judgments of intentionality play in it and, and so on. So like, there's, I just noticed there's a review paper from 2019, uh, yeah, that uh, gives a comprehensive review of 54 published studies about over-imitation. I haven't read it, but that, you know, that's the nice thing about these areas is, you know, and science in general, people go on, there will be groups that claim, you know, the this experiment is and misinterpreting what is actually going on and so on. So if you find the topic yep. interesting probably be good to follow up and go look at like the review paper which itself might be biased depending on the uh, proclivities of the researchers yeah. but um yeah. yeah
1: that's right um this isn't our area so it could well be that there's a more <laughs> sophisticated uh interpretation of what's going on here than our speculations but you mentioned intentionality there chris and that was another thing i i wanted to briefly talk about which is that you know, they put it in terms of that the divergent results for chimpa- children and chimpanzees could be due to differences in inferring intentionality, mm-hmm. right? So that that sort of st- stuck out to me because that is that is something, a, a topic that interests me a great deal. We definitely do think, uh, like, like humans do have a strongly agent-based way of looking at the world, perhaps a hyper-agent-based view of the world in such is the case that we can sometimes attribute the you know, random kind of environmental effects like lightning and something like that to being in an understanding it in agent based terms, like, you know, the sky god is angry with you or something. And even conspiracy theorists, right? So, conspiracy theorists tend to over attribute events like, you know, what this, we got, the world might be going into a recession now, right? Instead of it being the outcome of a, you know, a complex system with no one really controlling it, you know, a conspiracy theorist will will tend to think of it in terms of, Oh, well, you know these these powerful people that ever want that to happen now because of x, y, and mm. Z, right? So this sort of this sort of strong inference regarding intentionality. Now the thing about this experiment is that all of the steps, both the irrelevant ones and the relevant mm. ones that the demonstrator conducted, were clearly intentional. Yes, right? Yeah. And so the hypothesis here is that children are focused on intention. Mm-hmm right? And this and, and this gels with that explanation, which is, look, if an adult is, is, is doing something content, if this is the steps that they're doing intentionally, well, then there is a good heuristic is, well, they wouldn't be doing it for no reason at all. There must be a good reason for it. So you could think of another way of understanding is in terms of a sort of a chimpanzee deficit in terms of intentionality, right? Not being so much kind of social thinkers and social reasoners and just going, well, there's a, not not putting not putting themselves in the place of the, the the mind of the other chimpanzee who's demonstrating. So that I thought that was an interesting. I angle can too.
0: spoil it for you as well, Matt. That it uh, the subsequent research reviewed that are uh, demonstrated that children do not copy actions where they are perceived to be unintentional or accidental. So intention is important uh, to getting the. Yeah. Imitation and yeah, and, and, and obviously that this is then again, very relevant for ritual behavior, which has a clear intentional like signifiers to it. Right. And, uh, I think I've told it on the podcast before, but there was, uh, whenever people behave in a way that is rich, that has ritualistic connotations around you, you will find that it is very difficult not to respond in kind, for example, by stopping to talk or to pay attention to what is going on. If someone approaches you carrying something yeah. in a very ritualistic manner, it attracts attention and you assume there's some reason why they're doing that. So,
1: yeah, that's right. And, and when you're in a crowd of people, right, and the crowd of people, for some reason, just sort of might walk like this, just walk through this sort of thing and avoid this f- just for no apparent reason. You'll you'll tend to do the same thing because because we're conformists and, and we assume that these people are doing it for a good reason and um, unfortunately sometimes it can be that you know superstitions
0: um, and irrational belief in ghosts. Pamela <laughs> 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 would right. love it.
1: Everyone could be copying. And so right. this this is how sort of those those sort of those sort of group dynamics occur where you find a whole group of people like doing something extremely stupid because everyone's kind of copying everyone else. Assuming that somebody is is doing it for a good reason, yeah. so you can get this feedback yeah. effect, yeah, yeah, but well, there you go you have people. you know these people they're agent based thinkers they're imitators, and uh can sometimes lead them to superstitious and pointless it's a, gu- it's
0: a good i think I like this study, and I like this whole area of research because it's a reminder that you know humans we are special in comparison to other animals like obviously because of our uh, our cultural cumulative culture abilities far outstrap outstripe what's up word Out, surpass outstrip, outstrip, outstrip. Yeah, outstrip. surpass <laughs> the, surpass other animals <laughs> yeah that's it a... but but it's it's a role of the evolutionary dice right matter i mean i'm not saying imitation is the only factor here but this could be a very core component that allowed us to generate cumulative yeah. culture. And it, there's, it, yeah. it's a mistake, right? Or it's not a mistake. It's just, it is just a feature of the way our cognition worked. And it happens to be very good for enabling uh cumulative culture, but there were lots of other things yeah. which could have, uh, produced that and could have dominated the earth instead of us. Yeah. I
1: I understand what you're saying. And and that was, that was something that I think sort of came away from this too, which is like, you know, our brains are big, but they're not that big. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not ridiculously big compared to a chimpanzees, but our, our culture, like, you know, building space shuttles and stuff like that is, does dwarf the, the sort of technical accomplishments of, of chimpanzees. Right. And it, 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 it's not attributable to sort of this kind of innate or just just like so much capacity you know what i mean like these massive brains per se i mean it's it'll have a little bit to do with that but a much more interesting reason for it is that it's a it could be a a bunch of these sort of heuristics essentially which which when put together as you say create this cumulative culture and there's been a real interesting shift in the way people seem to be thinking about that 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 whole question of what makes people special or what what makes humans special and you know originally the 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 presumption was you know like man the toolmaker yeah. you know what i mean it was harnessing for this you know fire tools basically the thought there was our just superior engineering ability right our superior technical engineering Capacity, be able to create and um, in- increasingly complicated tools to interact with our environment. But, you know, as this sort of experiment shows, um, you know, the the chimpanzees in this case are better engineers than the children. Yeah. Um, I, admittedly, they're only two or three years I, old. I, right?
0: I, you know, I know, that, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, Matt, that there is uh, a lot of argument that it's to do with, like, relative neocortex ratio. Like, this is part of the unique aspect of the structure of human brains, right? Which make us particularly capable of like higher reasoning and social, uh, complexity, because our neocortex ratio is double that of chimpanzees, right? And much higher than.
1: Yeah. But, but even two times is not a big amount or whatever proportion is, I've forgotten, it's certainly, it's certainly ballooned and we got these big heads proportional to our body size, but it's. I'm saying it's 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 probably more uh, yeah, than that. You a, know what I mean. It's it's more it's more than just general purpose kind. No,
0: of, um, I um, yeah, and I I I think that the there's one thing that stuck out to me when you're looking at comparative studies. Like there's all this interesting stuff going on with social animals and and also animals you know with limited sociality but complex behaviors like you know cephalopods, the the, the cuttlefish, and and so on. But you have when when you look at other animals that use tools, like chimpanzees, for example, and you look at the archaeological record, there isn't a cumulative improvement in their tool usage, right? Like they weren't, they are not redesigning how that they they use the twigs to poke for the ants. And when you look at human species tool use, there's a massive period of very limited improvement, very slow improvement over, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of years or whatever. But then there's this point where there's like a rapid uh improvement, right?
1: Yeah. It's because it's because it's a snowballing effect. Yeah. The culture the culture creates more but, culture. And so it's kind of the No, mm, no, sorry. just just Go that on.
0: point that the that there is an improvement, even a gradual improvement. And then you're right, you have the yeah. you know the kind of snowball effect. But the the gradual improvement, a characteristic which distinguishes our archaeological records from, you know, other primates—not other, uh, like Homo species, because there there was tool there as well—but it's, yeah, yep. it's a it's an interesting thing. Yeah. So so so, well, where I was
1: going with that, Chris, is similar to to the point that that you just made, which is that uh, as opposed to just being just like intrinsically better engineering type thinkers, you know, if you drop me in the Savannah without (laughs) any (laughs) tools, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do very well. Certainly no better than a chimpanzee, right? At, At making tools or doing stuff with them, I'd get splinters. It would be terrible, but then, you know, so the other aspect to it, which is getting more attention, of course, is this, this innate, uh, propensity for language. All right, so language is super important. Communication is super helpful in propagating culture as well. And that was another big theme that was, that has been interesting. But I think this study just added a new shade of that to me because it's not, it's not language, right? It's, it's actually, it's something a bit more fundamental to that, which is, which is copying and, and, and imitation, which, which helps the transmission and the, the gradual improve, improvement, which eventually becomes exponential in. In culture, so yeah, I know it's just it's interesting to think about the human species like this because we're like we're smart. Don't get me wrong, we're we're smarter than chimpanzees on an individual basis, but but our our progress or whatever you want to describe it, the the, the civilization is is mainly attributable to all of that cult, progressive cultural yeah acquisition. That's why
0: you need anthropologists, Matt. Um. <laughs> Good ones, good ones. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, look, I'm glad my paper was so well received, and we will return to do another one. Is it your turn or my turn? It's your it's my turn. My turn. This was yeah. your paper, so it's I can't my remember turn. if we backlogged yeah. Yeah. like you know a bunch. So no, uh, your turn.
1: A chimpanzee would have. A chimpanzee would have been. Yeah. Able to so top out. this, yeah. Matt. No, no, but this would... is. <laughs> like tough it all right all right i'm gonna get something that's gonna blow your mind it'll be like yeah you'll be seeing connections and making speculations it'll be let's see let's yeah. see well
0: let's <laughs> look it's exactly an hour so i'm gonna stop it now bye everyone
1: okay bye